Hey there, welcome to the Embracing Imperfection podcast. I'm your host, Marnie LaFrance. I am the founder of the Perfectly Imperfect Coaching Business, where I help women find true self-confidence and love for themselves by learning to embrace the perfection of their imperfections. I've created this podcast to share real life stories, tips, tricks, and tools for living a healthier, happier, more authentic, and motivated life. I believe that true happiness does not come from perfectly achieving our goals, but rather embracing the imperfections of the journey along the way. So sit back and let's chat. Hello, my friend. I am so stoked that you are here and you have come back and you've joined me. If this is your first time here or whether it's not, I'd just like to remind you to click the subscribe button to make sure that you don't miss any future episodes. On today's episode of Embracing Imperfection, I wanted to talk to you about something that is near and dear to my heart and has been basically one of the biggest things that I have made changes to and it's actually what I basically attribute most of my success to and that is our mindset and changing the way we think of things and the way um, we think of things that have happened in the past, the way we look at things that are happening in the future mindset is everything. And if you've followed me on Instagram or Facebook, you already have heard me talk about this before. If you don't, I would love to invite you to check me out at Instagram. Um, I would love to get to know you on a daily basis instead of just once a week. You can find me at the Perfectly Imperfect Coach on Instagram. So I want to start by giving you a little bit of background of where I once was and where I think that my mindset might have started to shift a little bit, then on to where the big shift started happening. Looking back, I have to think that it started in my counselor's office. For me, as you know, if you listen to the first episode, I have went through several losses and a lot of ups and downs. And when I lost my fiance to a sudden heart attack, that was kind of the breaking point for me. And I decided I couldn't do it alone. So a friend encouraged me and asked if I actually wanted to do some counseling. And I said yes. And miracle upon miracle, she was able to actually arrange it. So the counselor called me because I might not have got up the nerve to call her. Anyway, at that point, obviously, as I'd shared, I was in a really dark period of my life. And I everything was dark and I didn't really have the ability to think positive. And I can remember sitting in the office one day and I said to my counselor, normally you don't share what you say in the counselor's office, but I think it's a good learning lesson for some people. But at that point I said to her, you know, I don't think I'm allowed to be happy. Why is it that I'm not allowed to be happy? Why does life, every time I get happy, kick me in the teeth and knock me back down? Like, Am I supposed to constantly stay in the gutter? And it was kind of like a dark realization. I said, you know, and she said, wait a minute, Marnie, if you stop and think about what you just said, you said every time you get happy, you get kicked back down. So I ask you, have you ever been happy? I say, well, yeah, of course I've been happy. But every time I get happy, something happens to knock me back down. She pointed out that everybody has this. We all have happy not, happy times and we all have periods where we're down. And the fact that I actually was able to say every time I get happy meant that I do actually have happy. And it was all in how I was looking at it that actually was causing me to be even more unhappy. So what 
we agreed to that day was after several different iterations of going back and forth was, it's not that I'm not allowed to be happy. It's that life is hard sometimes. And she said, can you repeat that to yourself? And I said, yeah, life is hard sometimes, really is. And she said, but it's good sometimes too, right? That's right, it's good sometimes. Sometimes it's aggravating and sometimes it's angry, all sorts of things. And I realized that um, on a go forward basis, I needed to start rethinking how I thought things. So in the future, every time I thought, oh shit, why is it that I'm so unhappy? Why am I not allowed to be happy? I'd say, oh wait, no, life is hard sometimes. And it got to the point that I'd said that to myself so many times that whenever I heard somebody else say, oh, life is not fair, or this is, this sucks. I'm, you know, it's always happening to me. How come this family's always happy or what have you? I would actually say to them, no, no, who gets to decide fair? Because that was another thing I used to say is life is not fair. And she said, well, who decides what is fair? And I thought that was a really good point because no one really gets to decide what's fair. It's what's in our minds that we think is fair or not fair, right? Counseling is actually a really good way to relook at some of your thought processes and, and change those. Fast forward to 2017 when it really clicked for me. I was in a state where I had a one-year-old child who was just over one. It was early 2017. And I was looking at my life and I had my parents who were aging and dealing with health issues. My mom was starting to become more reliant on a wheelchair. My dad was in and out of the hospital with heart issues. He'd already had bypass surgery, etc. And, you know, they weren't really that old. They were in their early 70s, you know, really as young for health issues or to be in a wheelchair. And I had this young child and I was almost 42 years old, or actually I had just turned 42. And I thought, holy shit, I had this car accident. I have these knee issues. I have, you know, back problems and all that stuff. I'm actually predisposed that at any time I could end up in a wheelchair. And now I have this one-year-old. I'm 42. When he's 20, I'll be 62. And if I want to see him grow old, I'm going to make need to make some changes. If I want to be able to keep up with him while he's young and be able to play with him and do things with him that most normal moms would want to do, I'm going to need to make some changes. And if I don't want to have the health issues that my parents do and have my child at a very young age feel like he needs to take care of me or help me, then I need to make some changes. But we all know that wanting to do something and needing to do something doesn't actually mean that we're going to get to do it, right? We actually need to want to do it, which clearly I did. I had pretty good whys, right? Nobody wants to end up in a wheelchair. Nobody wants to end up being not able to take care of themselves or having to rely on somebody else to take care of themselves. And hell, if you're a mom, you know that you want to be able to do stuff with your children and have them not think that you're this lump of coal on the couch kind of thing. And I say coal because I'm thinking of Christmas. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, you want to be able to do things with that. And I wanted to see them grow up. I mean, all my life, I wanted to have children. Unfortunately, I didn't get to have them until I was older in life, but I wanted to be able to make the most of it. I want to see them grow old. And so... My why was deep. I dug it down and I figured it out and I peeled it back until it got emotional. And when I think of that, it scares the shit out of me that at this point I needed to make some big changes. I needed to change the way I ate. 
I needed to change my mindset. I needed to change the activities I was doing. I needed to move my body because use it or lose it, right? I didn't want to end up in the wheelchair. I was always hurting. I was in pain. I was tired. I was exhausted thinking, okay, maybe it's just because I have a one-year-old and I'm 42 or whatever, but that wasn't the only reason. It was here I started focusing around mindset, the mindset around food, the mindset around movement and all that stuff. And during that is when the light switch turned on and I actually figured it out and that all my problems had related to my mind and how I looked at things. And I want to take this time now to actually share some old thoughts and how I've changed them into new thoughts and what that has changed for me. Because I think that some of these thoughts are probably thoughts that you yourself have had as well. And if I can help you rewire those thoughts and think of them a different way, maybe it'll make some changes for you as well. So one of the famous sayings I used to say all the time is that if it was not for bad luck, I wouldn't have any at all. I don't know whether you've said it, but I have heard other people say it as well. I believe this to be so true, and even my husband got to the point that instead of calling something Murphy's Law, he called it Marnie's Law, because I am very accident prone. And I try not to say that as well, because focus flows where energy goes. So if you think of something, it's going to happen. Think of it like if I tell you to think of a yellow car and tell you that there's lots of yellow cars out there, suddenly you're going to see a shit ton of yellow cars out there. So if you're thinking it, you're putting it out in the universe, and it's more likely to happen. So now, when my husband says that, and I had even been saying it myself, I tell him to stop it. Stop that. Even one of my mentors told him, you stop that right now, because you're putting it out in the universe, and you're making it seem like it's more true and it's more likely to happen. So I actually try to think of myself more as a lucky person or just don't even think of it as a bad luck person at all. Like if something happens, it's not necessarily bad luck. It's just an accident or an issue or just something that is happening to teach me something. I changed the way I look at things. Instead of saying I have to do something, I get to do it. And this is a big one for when you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to build a habit of working out or to doing something. If you think of it this way, like I have to move my body today. That's not really that motivating, right? But if you're like, I get to move my body today, that actually seems like something exciting. I get to go to the movies. I get to take the laundry, the laundry out. I get to take the garbage out. I get to do the laundry. (laughs) There's your laugh for today. I get to eat nutritious food instead of I have to eat this or saying I can't. That was a big thing with the weight loss thing. This mindset around eating was I can't have those desserts. Change it to I don't need those desserts right now or I can have that tomorrow. If you're thinking you're never going to have something again, chances are you're going to set yourself into a tailspin because when we refuse ourselves certain things that we love, that's when we can't stop thinking about them. You focus on them until you have them. And another thing around the mindset around food and eating another tip was that if you allow yourself those rewards, or you do let yourself have a little treat, not a cheat, then it's a treat. And don't beat yourself up about it. Because if you're beating it yourself up, then you think you've failed. And as soon as you fail, you set yourself into a vicious cycle of letting yourself go because she's like, Oh, I had that treat. Now I screwed up my whole day. So I might as well just let her ride. And then the next day kind of, you know, it carries on and on and on. But if you allow yourself that little treat and, and 
enjoy it and say, okay, you deserve that. Let's get back on track. It's all in how you look at things. The other one I had said to you was why do bad things always happen to me? Am I not allowed to be happy? Well, I changed this, as I said, to life is hard sometimes. Then I was able to focus more on the happy times. I could remind myself that everyone has the rough patches and life's not trying to bring me down, but it's there to teach me or something or to help me grow so that I can handle something that may happen in the future. Because everything that's happened to me in my life has created me, created the person I am now. It's made me into who I am. And if I didn't have those, I'd be a totally different person and I'd be on a totally different life path. I wouldn't be here sharing with you. I wouldn't be coaching people and helping them transform their lives and get unstuck and get out of their heads and into their hearts. And I wouldn't have Brody and I wouldn't have Seb and I wouldn't have Marcel and so on and so on. So you see where I'm going here. Another thing, this came from being raised as a child. My dad was a stickler for making you eat everything on your plate. If you didn't finish your plate, and I know a lot of people in my generation have that experience, you're wasting your food. So I have re-changed that because eating everything on your plate isn't a good thing because sometimes, heck, a lot of times our eyes are bigger than our stomach, right? And we take more than we can eat. And if you force yourself to eat everything on your plate because you don't want to be rude or you don't want to be wasteful, then you're just setting yourself up for disaster. You're setting yourself up to gain weight. You're setting yourself up to be uncomfortable. Either try to put smaller amounts on your plate and always go back for more if you're still hungry. Or what I like to think now is I can always save some for later. It was kind of funny because I always had to change, eat everything on my plate. And my mom was famous even to this day, she saved one bite. She left one bite on her plate. I don't know where that came from. I used to ask her and she'd be like, oh, I don't know. I just always leave one bite on my plate. I wish I had had that. But for some reason, I got trained to eat everything on your plate. And that's really hard mentality to change. But like I said, you can always save some for later. And that's actually what Brody says to me when he's full. He'll say, mommy, can we save this for later? I don't know where he got that because I don't think I ever, maybe I did say that to him. I don't know. Or maybe we'll save that for later if I thought he was full and trying to eat something too much. But anyway, he'll say, oh, can we save this for later? Please don't throw it out. Save it for later. In my mind, there's nothing wrong with leftovers. They make a great lunch the next day. Another thing when it came to working out, I don't know about you, but for me, if I worked out in the afternoon or in the evening, I'm exhausted by the time the day goes on. A lot of times you find something comes up and you make excuses, you're too tired, you have a late meeting, what have you, you don't want to work out because it's too close to bedtime. That's when my workouts didn't happen. But when I made that switch to change my workouts to being first thing in the morning, it made a world of difference. And for the longest time, I was one of those people that say, oh my God, those people that get up and do their workouts first thing in the morning, they're crazy. I could never do that. I'm a night owl. I preferred to stay up late rather than get up early. I realized that as part of my mindset shift, I needed to try something new and do something different. And a lot of people were saying how morning workouts were where it was at. I read the 5 a.m. club, ding dong, light came on. And Hal Elrod's book, The, the Miracle Morning, those books were game changers for me and they actually made a lot of sense and why you should do your workouts in the morning. Why I changed it to believing that I needed to do my workouts in the morning because if I woke up and I do my workouts first thing in the morning, first of all, I am full of energy because I've just had a full night's sleep. It's the first thing I'm doing so there's nothing getting in the way. There's no excuses. I'm not running late. Well, I could be if I didn't get my butt out of bed. 
but I knew I had to get it done. As well, I was getting up before the kids were getting up and it was actually becoming my time. I had nice quiet times. I was seeing the sunrise. Things started to change. I was like loving my mornings and I felt so much more productive. I had the endorphin rush when the workout was done. I felt like I was on a high and that just made my day start off on the positive, right? I felt like I had already accomplished something. And that's one of the ways you get your motivation up is to start small wins. And as the winds build over the day, your motivation starts building. I already had a huge ass motivation because I had got my workout in. I already did it. And you know what? Instead of being depleted as the day went on, my energy was more sustained because I built it up first thing in the day. And then I ate right to keep it throughout the whole day. And I didn't have to worry about trying to get my workout in later in the day. There's another shift. When you change your mind, you can start your day off better. As you can imagine, I could think of a ton of different examples on how we can switch our old thoughts into new thoughts. Instead, I would like to give you seven tips on how to upgrade your mindset. First, change your self-talk, that inner dialogue, that voice you, you hear in your head. Instead of thinking things like, I'm not good enough to do this, think, I can do this. I've got this. Next, change the language you're using with other people. Make it a habit to talk about things that are going well in your life instead of the negativity or complaints. You'll find this starts to switch things as you go. It becomes a habit. Number three, determine what mindset you need to achieve your goal and act like you already have it. So healthy and fit people might share the mindset of, I love taking care of my body, nourishing it with whole foods and exercising every day. Number four, learn and apply it. Read books or listen to podcasts from people who inspire you. Learn how their minds work. I'm currently reading Mindset by Carol Dweck, but I also recommend Dr. Joe Dispenza. He has several great books as well. If you're looking for other examples, go to my website. I have a freebies with it lists all the books, www.theperfectlyimperfectcoach.ca. I'll put it in the show notes. Number five, surround yourself with people who match the mindset you want. As they say, the, you are the average of the five people you spend most time with. So if you're spending more time with people that have that mindset, chances are that's going to rub off on you or inspire you to be better. Number six, create new habits to support this mindset. Start integrating these daily habits into your life and they help support this mindset. One of the major habits that I have implemented daily is in my morning routine. Every morning I do, there's three things I must do. There's other things I do if I have time permit, but every morning I do my gratitude. So I think of three things I'm thankful for and I give thanks for it. I read 10 pages of a PD book and I move my body. These are my non-negotiables. I do them every day. They actually help me level up and feel better. And number seven, get out of your comfort zone. If you put yourself into situations that challenge you when you will have, then you'll have no choice but to level up. It becomes a necessity to survive. The idea here is that you're engineering your environment to train your brain. And I want to finish off with one last quote. To change your life, you have to change yourself. To change yourself, you have to change your mind. 
Thank you so much for listening today. If you loved this episode or it resonated with you, I encourage you to share it with a friend. It would mean so much to me or else share it on social media and tag me so I could personally thank you for helping me to get this message out so that we all can learn to embrace our imperfections. Because let's face it, we are all perfectly imperfect.